What is a horror campaign without a haunted house? We have dozens of rooms to explore, with each ceiling being more paralyzing than the last. Or maybe Tess can keep snatching up bleeding statues like they're her American doll collection. And what delicious tropes will we be able to see? There's a creepy elevator. Are we going to see a giant wave of blood come out of it? Tons of odd bedrooms that just may have a tiny girl vomiting pea soup everywhere. Since this part is adapted from a second edition book, are these cliches and references, or does this count as some OG D&D horror? Do we explore a little more, or is a rest for the best? We'll find out in episode 103 of What the Fumble, A Good Night Sweep. So seriously, like real talk, do we think we have time to do everything in this house tonight? Uh, uh, Time, maybe. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's only got so many cards in the Taroka deck, but like, (laughs) I like if we just we've already had the boars scream at us. We've already gotten stunned in the dining room. What's to stop us from just being like? No, nothing is attacking us. Nothing is doing things are being creepy. What's to stop us from like just taking a rest here to like re up sleep in the kitchen? Yeah, just sleep in the kitchen. You know? Yeah. Have we been there yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, listen, we can sleep in the hall. We can put down Salash's tiny hut um, and just call it a night for eight hours. It's what? Seven o'clock. It is seven fifteen. So seven twenty. Seven twenty. Thank you. <laughs> so so fast forward eight hours. That's what like three in the morning, like three thirty, three twenty. Yeah. So it's like we would still quote unquote have nighttime left to do a couple of searching, and it would be when we're all a hell of a lot healthier. We still have a hell of a lot more options to go through the house faster than where we are right now, which is just completely tapped. Why wouldn't we take just a bit more time to go and see what in the house might come for us? Yeah, because I don't want a repeat of the tower where we try to take a rest, and then all of a sudden a banshee comes, and now we're all at zero and screwed. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Tiny Hut prevents that, basically. You know what I mean? You want to read us Tiny yeah, Hut since yeah, we've yeah. never cast it before? Alrighty. Uh, Leoman's Tiny Hut. A 10-foot radius immobile dome of force springs into existence around and above you and remains stationary for the duration. The spell ends if you leave its area. Uh, nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome. The spell fails if it's an area includes a large creature mar- more than nine or more than nine creatures. Creatures and objects within the dome, when you cast a spell, can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through its, the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry, regardless of the weather outside. So in other words, Slash gets to create like this perfectly safe little bubble that you guys could potentially sleep in. The spell lasts for eight hours. Yeah. The bubble lasts for eight hours. All of you could come and go from the little hut, the little bubble, so long as you were in it when it was cast, except for Slash. Slash can never leave that bubble. If you leave, spell ends. Yes. But everyone else could come in and out throughout the night. So as long as something doesn't have something like Dispel Magic, we're okay. Which we might wake up to being surrounded, but we'd be okay until the spell ended. And moreover, even if we were surrounded, you know, look at Troubadour. He was surrounded and he was fine. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but we don't know what the hell's in this house. (laughs) Yeah, so why should we go on like an empty tank? Like, you say, it's like, well, we should see if there's anything out there that can attack us. Yeah, and if it does, what's to stop us from, you know, getting murdered by it? We don't, we can't really run. Normally, I'd completely agree with you, and we still haven't figured out how important it is, or if Justin is just fucking with us with the clock that constantly is, like, the last ten pages in my notebook are (laughs) just times. Well, at this point, you at least have 
the confirmation that time means something because once the sun set, things got really weird here at the Van Richten estate. The vegetation, the trees outside are all now leafless. The saving throws changed. Like yeah. everything outside is dead. Oh, God. Is the apple in my tummy now just like dust? That's the most important thing. You do not feel nourished from it, that's for sure. <gasps> you bitch. It's okay, I ate some plant. It's Fair. also worth reminding you guys, I think, that when you very first got here, that as soon as you got here, you managed to determine that it's light outside, like fully light outside by like 6 a.m. here. Sun starts to rise at about 5.30, and it's officially daytime by 6. Okay, so if we, like, if we tiny-hutted until 3.30, that would only give us, what, like, two-ish hours to figure out everything in this in this house we've spent the past 10 to 15 episodes going through 12 hours of time i'm sure based on our track record two and a half hours is more than enough time to go through this mansion and you know get the information we need at the very least assuming all the answers are even in the mansion True. we may we may leave the mansion and determine that we need to go somewhere else god or maybe Maybe like the the rooms that we've already been to that that the Taroka cards spoke of are different now that it's nighttime. Like like Adam said last time, like maybe like the horse sweat in in stable the house. stable house is a horse now. Maybe the 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 scent of vegetation that you that you that you smelled in the clinic is another giant plant monster to fight. Um, like how much, how much, how much do we have left in the tank right now? Like, is, is there a way for us to just like glimpse at the very least what we have ahead of us? Like just even on the first floor or something before hitting the tiny hut. I would rather pop Leoman's tiny hut now and condense the time that we're searching at a full tank. Because if we search at a half tank or empty tank, we're still popping Leoman's tiny hut anyways and losing eight hours. That's a good so, point. So it's like, do you want to have some time where we're not at full strength, but getting more nighttime, but then we take Leoman's tiny hut an hour later. Now we only have one hour when we wake up at a full tank. I would rather be at maximum efficiency for the longest time. Uh, that's a great point. That is a, that is a good point. Really, if, if the intent is to cast the hut and take the full rest... And do some searching. No matter how you look at it, you're going to have about two hours of searching available to you before the sun sets, assuming you want to be up with the sun. Yeah, there's there's no benefit to doing searching now on an empty tank if we have it in mind to do a long rest. Yeah, and it's also of my mind that if we were going to search um, uh, this house now, we wouldn't cast Tiny Hut at all. And we would just search the hut or search the house as we are and go from there and then tiny hut you know maybe once the sun comes up oh, i love this i love when you guys show up so damn excited that you just jump right in we turn the mics on <laughs> and in you went i love it i love it but now we have to make the plan in silly voices <laughs> <laughs> it's time to use silly voices now yeah Oh, I just, I've caught on to the fact that I think you guys are trying to stay above the table for as long as possible so that I don't advance the timer. Um, what? I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> what? Damn it. No. <laughs> well, regardless, let's play some D&D. Yeah. yeah. You guys want to play some D&D? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So badly. So badly. We just woke everybody up right outside the kitchen or the dining room. But yeah, to, I guess to go right back into the co that conversation, though, how tanked is everybody? I can tell you that Van Richten still has a nice chunk of spells left. Like, Van Richten could potentially keep going yeah. if you need him to. I have one level one spell slot and no breath weapon. Yeah, but those aren't your biggest things. No. Um, For me, I have no bardic inspo left. I have two level ones and one level two. 
I'm I'm I don't disagree that we have the two hours, but we still we're not in it at an empty tank. We're not all beat to shit. We're not all we still uh, functional. It's not like we're a bunch of um, just wizards or something. We can still kick ass and take names without using our abilities. We fought a chaos beast, those things in the mist, zombies, and like we were, we popped a ton of spells just trying to sneak in on Casimir sleeping. Like we're still, we can probably still function for a room or two, and whatever that drains from us, we're topping back up. So if you want to be as fully functional, I think, do one or two or three, then when we do go back to 100, those one or two or three that we did isn't coming out of our full rest. Yeah, like we spend the last of our resources now, even if we have Slash start casting the spell now, have that up, like the three or four of us, including Van Richten, just like stick our head into the ladies' waiting room and be like, hey, you still want to shuffle tarot cards, Tess? And then hide like little bitches in the tiny hut. I'm like... Yeah, like to ritual cast, it would take me 11 minutes. Gives me time to make a treat, uh, chair for it. <sighs> Shoot. Well, There's also the that- idea of a short rest. Just just slightly out there. It's one hour. Salash gets all of his bardic inspiration back. I get all my key points back. You get your breath weapon back, uh, Troubadour. Um, <laughs> that's all we need. Also, just to make it worse, there's also the possibility of just sleeping in. Like We're making all these decisions based on the assumption that you want to be up when the sun is up. What if you don't? What if you could go to bed at four, wake up at noon if you want. Like real life. <laughs> mm. So I suppose what the benefits of a long rest right now would be primarily spell slots for me, personally speaking. Um, what are the benefits of long rest for Lustra? Probably spell slots as well. Yeah. There's no other special features that you get back on a, on a long that you don't get on a short. Uh, I could read for Miss Talismans again, but... That's not a big deal. I think, you know, now that Adam's kind of said what he said, it kind of, like, I'm sort of martial. We have a martial class in the Monk, and we basically have a martial class in the Paladin. We don't, we're still very effective, even if we're on quote-unquote zero spell slots or resources. It's just that I'm useless. So if we, so realistically, we're only looking at a long rest for Salash. I mean, Salash is the one with the positive investigation bonus, though. <laughs> yeah. That's it, too. You still have skills. You still have poison spray. You can... <laughs> Vicious you, mockery. Yeah, um, you can use the uh, aid action if you're only worried about combat. And, like, that's... I mean, rightly so, but... Yeah. No, so a short rest actually might be the way to go then, just because if we do a short rest, then it seems like that's the most bang for our buck. It still lets us investigate, and then we can just sleep in if we need a long rest. Long rest, I think, in this mind, in our mind, is for a party wide kind of benefit is just for health more than anything else. And we're all pretty healthy, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So re- realistically speaking, yeah, I think a short rest might be the way to go then. Just going to throw another wrench into the fun, because that's what I like to do. An actual huh. wrench this time. You drew another Taroka card, and it's a room full of wrenches. It's the so wrench card. Start bringing wrenches and throwing them at Colin during the If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> if you guys want to avoid making exhaustion checks for being up too long, now you've been going at it. Since at least 5.30 a.m. You were in the mists prior to that. So if you don't... If it, basically, at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, if you haven't gotten eight hours of sleep, for everyone except our elven friend, who you just need four, right? Yeah. But regardless, like if by 5 a.m. tomorrow morning any of you have not benefited from a long rest yet, we're making checks to see if you get exhaustion. And is that probably with, at minus four? I was at minus not four. Up. Yeah, so it's pretty likely you'd get exhausted. I say we pop out a couple more rooms, get beat up a little, use up some key points, and then 
the last few of Van Richten's spells, then do a long rest. It will let us know... Like, right now, we've literally just walked into the mouth of the cave, and we don't know if there's a cave bear or mimics. Or ropers. Exactly. So they all have the chance to come to us. And what happens in, you know, if we're trying to get a long rest and Elise is yelling upstairs or something, is Salash going to stay back and keep sleeping? Are we going to try and run and be the hero? So I'd at least like to get an idea of what the rest of the house is doing so that we can rest, actually rest, restfully, and okay. possibly in a more comfortable room. You know what? You've convinced me. I'm with Team Adam on this, then. Yeah, I think Adam makes a good point. As much as a short rest makes a lot of sense here, um, the exhaustion does change my mind pretty dramatically, because exhaustion for a day is 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 ridiculous. So, and we can literally go in the next room, go, that was terrifying, and then just have a rest there instead of here. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So uh, just put it into perspective, if you want to avoid exhaustion checks completely, then you've got to go beddy by by nine o'clock. Oh, we have a bedtime? You have a bedtime. Justin, I play D&D to escape reality, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst thing ever. So let's go to the kitchen. We'll find some milk and cookies, and that'll get us all comfy for bedtime. All right. Chapel looks like a good, you know, 10-foot radius area for, uh, there's dusty pews we can sleep on. I feel like Slash would say, what use does a god have for an empty chapel? But, um, uh, I guess he'll... Yeah, I guess. He'll, I mean, he'll if that, that flashback means anything, you just want to be the face on all of those sconces, man. You don't know any of that. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, well, to get moving, I feel like what we're going to do is we're going to start exploring and go for the two hours, then pop Leoman's tiny hut. Well, hour and 40 minutes at this point. Yes. yes. Or... Seven, 7.25 at the moment, so just a little over an hour and a half. Uh because even though we're not talking in funny voices, I like to think your characters still discuss things before they just walked off in a direction together. No, we just share a glance, and they're all like, of course. The chapel. Mmm. Cookies. <laughs> so where are we headed at 725? I've heard a few rooms. I kind of want to go directly to the clinic, because that's where I had the funny smell. All right, that's going to take us... Through the upstairs, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm nervous about the leaving leaving rooms unchecked, but also that's just the like Skyrim player in me. I feel wait, we'd be nine till five. If we wake up at five in the morning, um, we'd still have enough nighttime. If we're going to the clinic, I'd like to be fully rested for that. Yeah, you guys were questioning whether the clinic yeah. might be the reference in the yeah. in the Taroka Turo- yeah. reading, mm. and yeah, and maybe nighttime turned on that as a as a possibility. I feel like it's got to be as much as Colin made the point here earlier. We got to kind of Skyrim this, and and we should clear floor by floor. Yeah, now that now that cards are being drawn, now that like curses and paralysis and screaming boars are happening, I feel like leaving something behind could be coming back to bite us. Um, also, just from a test perspective, she is concerned about the new power that this house has and the fact that the house already had power over her in the ladies' changing room. That's where she wants to look first, but um, obviously that's just a single vote from someone who got mind-banged again. <laughs> I mean, it's just right there. Let's Let's see her do it again. Yeah. Okay, all in favor of, of, of women's ra- waiting room? Yeah. Let's go. All right, let's, let's go. do it. I'll be right outside. <laughs> Pendleton's like, actually, no. So I think the marching order is going to be, if I can speak for the party for a moment, uh, Troubadour, Tess, up at the front, shoulder to shoulder, Van Richten in the middle, Lustra and Slash in the back. Yep, that sounds about right. Everyone's snuggling, Troubadour. You're all really close now for some reason. It's because we're concerned for you. We want to make sure you're okay. Is it because I tasted boar? Yes. Now we've got boar blood. (laughs) (laughs) 
At 7.30, we arrive at the ladies' waiting room after a few more minutes of deliberation in the hallway. You walk right in. No crazy saves have to be made. The room is as you remember it. All those sumptuous quilted fabrics everywhere. Delicate, tiny furniture. Paintings all over the room depicting scenes of like ladies in boats on a lake, that kind of thing. The room remains unchanged. All right, well... Maybe the room is like the doll. One and done. Uh, Tess is going to, like, have her shoulders, like, tensed up super hard, like, right at the entrance. I don't think there's any need for us to step in there. I'm gonna use the push action. Okay, Tess steps in and just, like, maybe she walks over to the little, um, little drawer that she found the Taroka deck in first. Absolutely. The deck is still in there. This room has not changed. Hmm. Well, that's a relief. Tess is going to look uncomfortable and then say, well, if this place is beyond whatever nasty is happening here, maybe this is a place for the hut when we get there. Possibly. More comfy than out in the hallway. All right, well, do uh, any of you gentlemen want to give a Taroka reading in the gentlemen's waiting room? Sure. Cool. Uh, before that, because I know we've kind of made an eagle out of our, our bed linens, I kind of <laughs> want to take some of these sumptuous quilts. Can someone put them in the bag of holding, not me? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, if we're in the tiny hut, then the bagman could cometh within. Hush. I would like these sumptuous quilts, though, to, for, for bed linens. Absolutely, you take these sumptuous fabrics. <laughs> <laughs> Say sumptuous again. Sumptuous. Because <laughs> your bed rolls have been fashioned into a giant eagle costume. <laughs> and probably still a little damp from the swamp. <laughs> I like it. I have no clue My what gosh, you're talking about. My gosh, the floral about. print on these quilts. We could make a plant monster next. <laughs> So uh, what are we doing? Men's room. Men's yeah, room? Men's waiting room, yes. I don't believe we've been in that one yet, have I we? I don't think we have. I think we, we identified it, but we haven't actually been inside yet. Adam drew a dick on the map. Drew a fantastic dick on the map. We're adults. <laughs> the men's withdrawing room. An unexplored room. You open the door and beyond... There's a huge built-in cabinet that dominates the eastern wall of the room. Though the rich wooden paneling encompasses all four walls, pausing only to expand into clever shelved alcoves in the western corners. Windows made of bottle glass, small circular colored plates that resemble the bases of wine bottles. Cool. Those are what illuminate the room when there's enough sunlight to come through. Unfortunately, the room is very dark as you open the door, pitch black inside. But most of you have dark vision, right? Is everyone yeah. covered at this point? Yeah, because I except have my for, goggles. Yeah, 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 VR. Except for Van Richten. He's like, catch me up as you go. <laughs> sure thing. Take the bullseye lantern just in case. The ceiling is smooth, but painted with elaborate designs that are framing these four sayings, each at one of the compass points. In the center of the room, there's a dark wooden table that's surrounded by six leather padded chairs and as all of you start to enter the room you just barely hear in the distant the sound of men laughing you pick up a little whiff of cigar smoke <laughs> I can smell the patriarchy 
Smells like capitalism. <laughs> Smells like bitch in here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only thing that lingers as Troubadour uh, enters the room? Nothing else weird is going on. You can read the mottos on the ceiling, though. The ceiling says, Cold and bare is a life without bosom friends. Aww. <laughs> the prey knows best the mind of the hunter. Hospitality and fair dealings Make a good house. And finally, on the fourth corner, is the warmest hearth is the heart of a faithful spouse. Aww. They really brought it around in the end. Bring it here, bosom buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa's gaze is just going to linger on that last one for a hot second. Then move on. Troubadour stares at it and blanks absentmindedly. As the two of you look up at the ceiling... God damn it, Justin! You watch as the words start to just shift. The letters start to move. And when it's all said and done... The words are much different. Tess is there staring at the words, the warmest hearth is the heart of a faithful spouse. But when it's all said and done, she's staring at words that say, no fire ever warms the heart of a disloyal spouse. Troubadour is reading the rest of the inscriptions that a moment ago said much different things as well. Now they say, cold is the hand of a false friend. Another corner says, every hunter takes the place of his prey. And the final point says, uninvited guests never leave by the front door. Oh my god. (laughs) Everyone leave the front door. Psych! Van Richt in your room got emo. (laughs) (laughs) All this while this room has that weird lingering smell of cigar smoke. You still hear that distant... (laughs) Good one, Frederick. Oh my god. (laughs) Frederick's always the funny one. Uh, We didn't look in that cabinet, right? Not yet. Slash will go to look in the cabinet. Perfect. Give me investigation. Sure thing. It's just negative four on saving throws, not yep. on ability checks. Okay. That's right. So you're good here. Uh, that is a 17. Looking around in the cabinet, they're full of wine glasses. There's a handful of like hunting maps and a few strategy books, that type of thing. Uh, But Van Richten sees you go over to the cabinet and says, third wine glass on the second shelf. And you give that a little tug and you hear a little click. Oh, hell yeah. And a, a false door opens up in the back of the cabinet. And behind it are much nicer crystal glasses. They're all engraved with names. The nicest one says Frederick, as Frederick was my grandfather. He had the rest of the wine glasses engraved with the names of his friends. I'm sure many a night passed with them sitting in this room, smoking their cigars and drinking their wine. But aside from that, you find nothing weird. You know, minor little trophies, hunting knickknacks, that type of thing. Can I do an insight check on the ghost voice to see if they were actually laughing at Frederick or if they were just kissing up to their host? Oh my god. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That is not very... That's an eight. 
Yeah, hard to tell if they said the laughter sounds sincere. There we go. They're just too distant to read, I guess. <laughs> ah. No, but you said there was hunting maps. I would imagine these hunting maps would probably have the idea of what kind of game was available locally. Zombie dogs. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, you find quite an exhaustive series of maps that shows like all the game trails uh, for more than a hundred miles of the surrounding terrain. Well, I feel like Looster would probably just look over the list just to see the different kind of animals that are there. Just like quickly glance, like, okay, are there bears? Are there, you know, giant toads? What can we expect? <laughs> there are bears and deer and that type of thing. Wolves, boars. Uh, but all the trails that are mapped are unfortunately far beyond the bubble of mm-hmm. mist that currently surrounds Richton House. Booster finally has, like, purpose. Guys, we have to clear these mists. There's so much game going on, hunted. <laughs> but no, but if we hear different noises and stuff now, I now I know if something is out of place or not. It's kind of the uh, my thought process on it. Are we pretty happy with this one? Salash so will glance at the ceiling, noticing the words had changed around. I'm still suspicious of the ceiling, in addition to the one in the dining room, which, by the way, what the hell happened? You just glanced up and then didn't look down, just your mouth was agape like a turkey in the rain. (laughs) I see. And then Van Richten punched you in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Slash and sort of like his his brow will drop and he'll just sort of like tilt his head towards Tess and just look at Tess and just sigh deeply what? and he'll say thank you Tess <laughs> I don't like this room I think we should I think we should move on to the next room the receiving room I think that's apt. Receiving room is right across the hallway. If you want to check that one out right quick, sure. It is 735 when you cross the hall over to the receiving room. There's heavy green draperies that are covering the windows in this room, casting the whole chamber in a very deep gloom when you mix it with the fact that there's no sunlight coming in anymore. Bookshelves and display cabinets circle the walls. There's these two modest wooden benches and a long couch that are interrupting their procession. There's other furniture, including a smaller couch. There's three stuffed chairs, four end tables. There's an elegant central table that bears a cunningly carved two-level rack on which rests seven more wine glasses. The eighth depression in the rack stands empty. Mm. Slash will ask the obvious question. Is the eighth glass another secret cabinetry, Doctor? No, not that I know of. Hmm. Perhaps the missing glass is in the dining room, though I am hesitant to re-enter. I'm more concerned that the room isn't whispering to us. What if Frederick's glass is the key? I mean, and that's probably... I. It's worth a shot. Maybe if we bring it in here and place it there, then whatever is looking at us from the ceiling will get, I don't know, messed up. Or at least annoyed. If anything, it's not going to hurt anything if nothing happens. All right. Uh, I'll go do that. Uh, Uh, We'll travel in pairs just to be safe. All right. If you want to go grab it, I'll go with you. But the system it is. Booster and Tess on a little adventure. (laughs) So Lucifer and Tess go grab the wine glass engraved with the name Frederick, and you want to put it into the empty slot. Correct. Mm-hmm. When 
use do that, whoever is actually placing the wine into that empty slot, before you do so, you notice an interesting little fact. You notice that despite the fact most of the room is covered in dust and the rack and the seven other glasses are covered in dust, there is no dust in that open spot. That open spot, a wine glass has been taken from there. Okay. Recently enough that dust has not reaccumulated. It's clean. So over the course of at least at the very least today, at the early at the yeah. Okay. Does as I said, I suspect there is a wine glass in the dining room that would fit this receptacle. Um, would Lustra remember the details of the glasses that Greta took for her tea party? Those were little, yeah. Teacups. Yeah, those were much more mug style. Yeah, teacup style. Okay. These are, you know, like stemmed wine glasses. Ah, I see. Okay. Greta pimping some tea. (laughs) (laughs) The little six-year-old out back just pretending to be pounding wine. (laughs) It's like my Aunt Cheryl. (laughs) Rich people do rich people things. It's true. Fair. (laughs) Just really shit-talking on her doll. (laughs) That bitch, Maria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dining room, but not looking at the ceiling into the kitchen. Slash takes a deep sigh. I suppose so. Don't look at the ceiling. Gotcha. So back to the dining room. Eyes on the floor. Yeah. The time is 7.40. And... I'm curious to know what your next move is. From the dining room, you have a few options. From the dining room, you could go out towards the chapel. uh, Matter of fact, the only entrance to the chapel is through this dining room. Or you could go kind of to the servant section of the house where the actual kitchen and the the pantry, the, the silverware closet, all that good stuff is located behind the second door leading out of the dining room as well as the lift. Ooh. I want to know what curse will happen when we go in there. So kind of two options from the dining room. Chapel or servant section of the house. Mm, Chapel first. Yeah, that's got... There's nowhere else to go, so we check off a whole area. Let's do that. Chapel it is. One of us looks down at a two po- and an overly polished piece of silverware, sees the ceiling. God damn it, paralyzed again. <laughs> I should have thought of that. <laughs> you walk your way down the hallway that leads to the chapel. The hallway opens into a circular room. The tiled floor here is inlaid with curious patterns and symbols. And directly across from the arched entryway stands an altar with small statues and a variety of icons on it. As you cross into the chamber, the oppressive air that has hung in the other rooms of this house seems to lift for just a moment. Uh, When it comes to the iconography of the chapel, because we've been in here previously and had all those good aligned gods and, you know, Lathander, yada, yada, yada. Have any of them changed now that it's night? It doesn't appear so. I mean, at least you don't think so because you haven't seen them during the day. But the little statuettes and icons upon the altar seem fairly normal. You notice some of them. You see symbols of the sun. You see... A little carved plaque with the same symbol of an eclipsed sun that is resting on the chest piece of Troubadour's armor. You see... Oh, give me a religion check. Oh, jeez. At the very least, you notice the fact that mm-hmm. the same symbol that's on Troubadour's armor is also on the altar. <laughs> see if you recognize anything else. Uh, that's probably going to be a no, because I got a nine. Huh, I'm actually proficient in religion. Oh, yeah? Go for yeah. it. Same. I'm just going to, like, start taking out all of my holy symbols and matching them. Yeah, you all see what's oh, what's yeah. in front of you here. Troubadour got in that one. 
I'm an atheist now. <laughs> well, you, you got amnesia. You just forget all that stuff. That's all. You're more in it for the vengeance than the piousness. <laughs> uh, anyway, 13, so nothing huge, but... Slash, you want to sure. go for it? <laughs> the religious boys? Uh, yeah, that tracks. That's a seven. <laughs> yeah, none of the symbols are gods you necessarily recognize. There's definitely enough going on that you're confident it's more than one. Mm. And this almost seems more of a let's throw our prayers in every direction we can and hope for the best kind of situation. If one god is good, then all of them is probably amazing. Hashtag Van Richten. Van Richten maybe even confirms that by saying here within the the mists, within the domains of dread, it's always been unclear what gods manage to come through, what gods are listening in what domains they have influence. Ever since my grandfather took ownership of this estate, he's always been of the mindset that we should worship them all and hope that we've picked the the one that's listening somewhere in the mix. It's kind of awesome. Just like shotgun religion. <laughs> I'll take the sampler, please. <laughs> But, uh, I'll shotgun the religion, please. <laughs> Does it feel mechanically safer and, and like more holy, or it just uh, was that nice feeling of being in a, a church that made the house seem less creepy? No, it definitely does seem. There's just a weight that seems to have been lifted in this room. Van Richten goes on. This is my. Father Otto had the whole room renovated. I, I think he had hoped to make the Van Richten name synonymous with piety and devotion. And while the chapel certainly enhanced my family's reputation among the clergy, it never quite generated the effect that my father had hoped for. After his death, the chapel fell into disuse. I was more interested in science than paying homage to supernatural entities at the time. While the servants kept the place tidy, and on occasion a visiting cleric would perform ceremonies for the extended family members, the chapel became more of an architectural oddity than an act of religious sight. In truth, I have not spent much time in this room. Well, you might sleep in it tonight. <laughs> Servants' quarters. Finish off floor one. Yes. Think that is apt. To the servants' quarters, then. The first room you come into is really just kind of a... Almost like a lobby, a servants' lobby, if you will. There's a door to the lift in this first room, as well as a door to... The kitchen, pantry, ice box, butler's kitchen, and silver vault. Uh, so it's lift or everything else, essentially. <laughs> I'm aching to go into the attic now that the house has gone into creepy mode, but uh, maybe that's a wake-up time thing. I think it's prudent to check the kitchen and pantry. Yeah, those are the, the last rooms that we have on the first floor, yes? Except for the little uh, office beneath the stairs. Of course, yes. Forgot about that. That's right, there is a tiny little office underneath the staircase, yeah. And the musician's nook. Ooh, fair. But right now we're in the, we'll bang out the servant section, I guess. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? That yeah. is correct. Kitchen pantry. Kitchen pantry. There are three little steps that descend to a smooth wooden floor while the ceiling remains at the level of the hall, making this room kind of tall and airy. There are colorful tiles that cover the lower half of walls, giving way to the simple floral patterns of the wallpaper above. There are cabinets above the counters which encircle the room. There's a plain table in the center with six wooden chairs, there's a black iron stove and 
a couple of ovens standing upon the far wall. And then there's the door that leads to, like, the pantry and, you know, the rest of the little storage rooms. There's also a block and knives that rests upon one of the counters, along with plenty of pans, cake forms, trays, all variety of kitchen utensil that you can imagine. The room smells faintly of baked bread, fried meat. Oh, hell yeah. But the odor is new and seems to almost mask an older, indistinct scent that's lingering in the room. What would you like to do? Oh, and also just one more thing. There's, <laughs> there's sorry, there's a door that leads out of this room to the grounds. So there is a door from outside okay. in this room. Cool. I think this... No, no. You guys went around for your tea party, right? Hold on, they pause. Did. He might have something else. No? Nothing? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's that double negative inspiration for Lustra? Crazy. Uh, uh, the Troubadour is going to, now that this house might have a witch in it, he's going to check the stove for children's bones. Hmm. If you find anything, I'm going to feel bad for laughing. <laughs> Slash is going to investigate the ice box, see if there's any... Girlfriends? What? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> what? It's a trope! Tess isn't in there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Somehow I'm more nauseous now. <laughs> I was this close to making you and Lustra kiss last session. Don't make me do it to you next time you're paralyzed. <laughs> so you're checking the oven, Troubadour? Yeah, we're yep. great at dungeoneering. Sorry, just... No reason that I'm using this Taroka deck. Look the other way. <laughs> Look the That's other good. way, everyone. Oh. So I tried you, that smoothie place you tried last week. Right? It's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Except their banana lemon one, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Hey, I mean, maybe it was just like super yellow. That Maybe they shouldn't put the banana peel in it. Uh, you know what yeah. I've heard? I've heard, according to Weight Watchers, that eating a banana is one point, but drinking a banana is seven well, that's some bullshit. Yeah, I know, right? What? I yeah. Feel like they're just making up numbers. I would gather what's in the rest of the smoothie, maybe, but you mean just a liquefied yeah. banana. Yeah. Because you burn calories from chewing? What the fuck? I have no idea. Take it out with Weight Watchers. Hmm. All right. Are there any bananas in this kitchen and or the um, oven door just <laughs> open? No bananas in the oven. No children in the oven. Okay. But I'll go ahead and take a dexterity saving throw at minus four from Troubadour. Oh, you open no. the oven door and a big old gout of flame just comes bursting out of the oven. Come on, man. That would be a seven. Ouch. Yikes. Nailed it. Yikes. I knew there'd be a fireball room. Oh, of course. Troubadour, you take six points of fire damage, but then the flames die away, and all goes still again in this room. Uh, now that it's not belching fire at me, I'm going to start sifting around inside. What do I roll for, like, OSHA knowledge to see if I should get this place? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think we're a few hundred years before OSHA. Well, test fine, like... <laughs> Gets that thing. If I ever get out of these mists, I'm going to create something to keep people safe in kitchens. You create OSHA? <laughs> yeah. Slash is the evil character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I need something to occupy my time once you're all dead. What? You find nothing at all within the oven troubadour. Matter of fact... You can open every cabinet, every little nook and cranny in here, and despite the fact that you guys remember them eating a meal and were offered a bunch of food, there's nothing here. All right. He said there. we could do that, but let's not, so we don't lose five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just have a feeling. <laughs> just got a Regardless, everything fast forwards to 750. God damn it! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> We share a look as if to say, 
We could search everything in, the, in all of these pantries, but we would find nothing. Let's move on. Um, while Trubador was doing that, Slash did want to take a look through the ice box. Go and head over to the ice box. I love it. Dexterity save for cold damage now. <laughs> Calling it. Yeah, but I'm actually okay at dex saves. Uh, Luthrol waiting the threshold of the ice box of that room. Let me just grab a Taroka card, Miles, if you'll excuse me for just <sighs> yep. a moment. So, yeah, um, that place you tried at the smoothies, you yeah. know, I think that's why they're constantly blending bananas is because it's just so many more points and they're just fattening you up for the yoga place next door. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Well, don't you want more points because you want the high score? I mean, I don't think that's how that works, but listen, the yoga place, they do hot yoga, and contrary to popular belief, you don't have to be hot to actually get in there, which also upset me, but it is extraordinarily <laughs> hot in Wait, there. why were you there then? <laughs> oh, says my, know. says my twin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where I stand. Yeah, you're both 6'6 six, six Adonises. We said this in episode one. <laughs> That's it. I'm pretty sure there is still a running room connected to a McDonald's on Quinpool Road. Like, <laughs> that's that's just that's just good marketing. That's like having a chocolatier next to a dentist, you know. <laughs> so, Ash, <laughs> you walk over to the fridge. <laughs> All right, back on track. It's this large cabinet that seems kind of out of place because it's a very undecorated, a very just plain wooden surface. Near the base of the cabinet is a large panel that's. Secured by a metal latch, doesn't look locked, easy to flip the latch open. Is that what Slash would like to do? Yes. Inside, you see not the refrigerated meat and cheese that you might have expected to see. Instead, you see these horrid mounds of rotting flesh that are crawling with maggots. As you open the fridge door, one of these mounds of meat just hits the floor with a sickening flop. Oh, God. You're going to fight prosciutto again? (laughs) Slash, I need you to go ahead and add a stress point to your sheet. Oh, this old song and dance. (laughs) As you start to question whether the food you saw them eating earlier that you were offered, whether he took a bite of an apple or under Jack cheese earlier, he is left pretty stressed out by the fact that the fridge is just full of maggots and rotten food. Oh, it's like that maggot cheese. I didn't realize they were that bougie. (laughs) (laughs) You, Slash, maybe, like, turn your head for a moment to kind of get away from the stench. The rest of you turn your heads towards the fridge to see what that weird plop was. Oh. And everything's fine. The fridge is just empty. So did I notice it from the threshold of the room? No. Slash saw it for a brief second took a point of stress which ain't going nowhere but the fridge is empty what the rest of you like heard the plot for a moment and probably triggered you looking over there but there's nothing there you can see Salak sort of turn away and just be like I might be poisoning you but what did we eat what do you mean what did you see meat flies desiccation there's nothing there does Slash will look down? Is it there? It is not. Slash is like... I... He sort of, you know, tries to steady himself as he realizes that, you know, his senses are playing tricks on him. Oh, man. I, it was there a moment ago. Here, maybe this scent will help, and I waft my burnt hair towards <laughs> him. <laughs> Slash sort of, you know, blows it away, like fans it away with his hand. Well, hey, I've been smelling funny things all day. I feel like this is just another to the list. Let's continue moving on. I'll trade your horse sweat for the whatever I just smelled. Ugh. But yes, we shall continue. Butler's Kitchen and Silver Vault? Question sure. mark. Yeah. This area is cozy. It's warm. 
It's basically like a small little kitchen that is crowded with cabinets and shelves. There are no cooking tools or dishes to be seen here. Everything is neat and tidy. And you guys are free to do what you will in here. You just want to start popping open cabinets or... That's what Slash is going to do. He's going to do the old investigation, you know, take a look through, see if there's anything of import. Yeah, Tess is going to, like, hold onto Troubadour's shoulder real hard and glance at the ceiling. Don't fuck me, ceiling. (laughs) I'm just going to stand in the middle of everybody. You start popping open drawers, opening cabinets. All of them open... Very easily. You see a couple utensils, nothing too valuable, nothing made of real silver. Uh, But there is one drawer in here that is locked tight. And you assume, matter of fact, Van Richten can can back it up. That locked drawer there is where all the valuable silverware is kept. Typically, during my father's time here at least uh, the head butler would have been in charge of a room like this of this key if a key still exists I would suspect Joseph has it Uh, that's what makes sense to me I mean are we going to loot Van Richten's like ancestral home we can do that later I mean no (laughs) we've already taken the sumptuous quilt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe those are being bequeathed maybe that's our uh, Van Richten tax for making sure he's safe Van Richten the sheets are the tax for keeping you safe just so you know I can't imagine that Joseph has any real reason to break out the good silverware that hurts I'm wondering though would the silver be tarnished or would there maybe be anything of note in there? Now that it's nighttime, I'm going to pull out the knife I took f- from earlier to see if it's tarnished, see if it's still there, see what's going on. Is it the good silver? Is it the good silver? Yeah, the knife you took earlier uh, still exists in the same condition as it was earlier. Okay. Um, Rather than trying to open the drawer of presumed silver valuables. The bullseye lantern detected valuable gems and whatnot. Would it detect silver? One way to find out. I don't think it did. They I don't believe it was only diamonds. Was it only diamond? Yeah, okay. it was just like gems. Yeah. Okay, gemstones. fair enough. Fair enough. But actually, considering where we are in the house, because we have a map uh, here, but for those at home, when it comes to the actual room that we're in, there's no windows to the outside. So... Where does the light come from for this room, if at all? Candles? Mm-hmm. Lanterns? So yeah. I wonder how that may affect the room if it doesn't have access to outdoor light. Huh. Is is this something that's even worth looking over? The icebox didn't have any natural light, but it certainly didn't shy away from demonstrating a desiccated carcass. Fair point. I feel like things only make so much sense in the in the mists in general, if there's one thing that we've learned from these weeks and months here. After quite a few rooms get explored, I mean, this is a big old section of the house, really. You guys have explored the majority of it here. I'm calling it 8.15 after all those rooms. All right. Are there any other than the... I guess there would be the lift and the, the understair office and the musician's nook. Yeah, as far as the first floor, those are kind of the three places you haven't been. And the terrace. Well, I I guess receiving room or I guess the musician's nook is on the way. Our lift is on the way to that. What am I doing? Take a peek up the lift. I mean, see if the whatever mechanism moves it is even still there. Sure, let's open the door. What could possibly go wrong? Hmm. You open the door. Inside is a little room that might be a closet, but it lacks shelves and is surrounded by metal screens rather than normal walls. 
The chamber stands within a frame of four stout pillars and its own ceiling and several feet before that of the hallway. Over it, there are an assembly of wheels and ropes, apparently designed to raise or lower this lift. Purpose of all those ropes and pulleys seem pretty obvious. It's it's an old school elevator. Hell yeah. Is it busted? Can we like... Is there a way to just hand wrench? crank? Yeah, crank it up a foot, down a foot. Uh, it appears as if you look up and there's a bunch of uh, like counterweights that are used to lift and lower everything rather than an actual like power source. It looks like if you want to check it out, you'd have to you'd have to be inside the lift with the door closed, <laughs> and then there's a like a lever, a single lever. Uh, inside that you would uh, sort of engage pull the to engage the counterweights. Mm. Okay. Have you guys ever played uh, like Vermintide? Have you ever played that game? Yep. Yeah. I know you. Some of you at the table have. You know the elevators in that. Like you got to wait for like the whole group to show up, but then once everyone's there, you like click the one lever and the doors close and. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. This elevator looks exactly like one of the <laughs> elevators in Vermont. Okay, perfect, perfect. Beautiful, okay. okay. To fight the attic optional boss, everyone go in here. Oh, I... But we haven't been in the attic in any way, shape, or form. I feel like that's kind of the next reasonable place to go from here. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be nervous to go on a low tank, but I'm just so curious... All right, let's finish. Let's 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 knock off the last two rooms in the in the first floor, and then come stare at the lift a little bit more. Okay. Or do we want to take the lift, go up to the attic, do the attic, then rest? We've only got forty-five minutes, thirty-five. Half an hour. Yeah. yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk the attic right now, um, just because I feel like, especially where we haven't investigated it yet, it's very likely something is up there. Um, let's investigate the rest of the stuff down here. Clear off the first floor. Um, So that way, on the next night, we know, for the most part, that the first floor is clear. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. So musician's nook, then? Yeah, just uh, play the tambourine in there a little bit, see what goes on. To the musician's nook. I love it. This little room, not even really a room as much as, like, a section of the hallway that is mostly enclosed. There's no actual door. It's just kind of hidden off to the side, so if someone was playing a cello during a party, you wouldn't have to, to stare at them, I guess, because God forbid you look at the help during the party. <laughs> well, you might accidentally make eye contact. They might, oh, like, look boy. for approval. Yeah, I can't have that. Yo, yo, nah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a tiny little alcove. And tucked in the corner is a harpsichord. Below the keys of the harpsichord stands this small padded bench, which has hinges, looks like the bench opens. Oh, I had one of those growing up. Oh, nice. The lid is actually currently lifted up, and inside is just like a stack of sheet music. Yeah! Oh, I'm sorry. I I feel like adolescent Colin again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm doing a lot of throwbacks tonight. Oh, I want to touch it so bad. Uh, Looster will. Uh, Looster will go in to the harpsichord and kind of lift the lid of the harpsichord to reveal all the strings to see if there's anything underneath there by chance. No. Nothing odd going on. There's like a little stand for pieces of sheet music so that the musician can read along as they play. Nothing odd. Tiny office? Tiny office. Tiny office. The last thing aside from going up the lift that remains on the first floor. You guys are making great time. Running around from room to room. Getting fireballs to the face. Devil prosciuttos. The tiny office underneath the stairs in the main hall. It's just a tiny little chamber. It's harboring a simple wooden chair and a tiny desk that are both built into the wall itself. Beneath the desk are three drawers. You can tell that the narrow top drawer 
has a lock on it, probably locked. The tall lower drawer has a latch on it, but does not appear to be locked. Nice. And that's that's what's going on in here. Well, Slash certainly wants to investigate. <laughs> See if he can't um, uh, open that latch and go from there. You open it up. That's the tall, tall drawer, if you will, of the desk. Mm-hmm. You notice it is actually comprised of eight narrow shelves inside, each containing an extra leaf for the dining room table. Mm. Cool. So it's almost like storage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Not much going on in this room, but... There's that locked cabinet. And while Tess is staring at it at 825, you hear a commotion, to say the least. Come on, man. Coming from upstairs. Hear a loud thud, and then you can hear kind of what sounds like creaking, maybe, coming from... Somewhere above you. Something just happened upstairs. 8.25. Gods. Is this the house trying to mess with us? Is it another bores and laughter and nonsense? Or... I... I don't... I don't know if I can risk not looking. It's probably Elise fainting for Carl finally asking her out. Tess is just like staring at the ceiling. I hate... Not knowing what's going on in this place. Okay, let's go find out then. You're right underneath the staircase. Yeah, let's go. Slash will look to them and say, "If to be the devil's advocate, no, no other creatures could clearly have entered this place while we were here. Surely we would have heard them by now. For there to be a thud upstairs suggests that these people have been here since we arrived." This would also, I suppose, suggest that they will be here when we rest as well. Unless they're taking somebody out of here right now. Slash will groan. We check this, and then we rest. Yeah! All right. Let's go. Up the stairs. There's a kidnapping, maybe. You start climbing the staircase. Check this, and then we rest, huh? Just one more thing. Just one more little thing. God, why is this going to bite us in the ass? Why is it? Quick little lay on hands before anything happens. You start walking up these stairs. You can hear that rhythmic creaking. It doesn't take you very long to hit the top of the stairs, kind of right there at the second floor. The creaking is coming from... A rope, a very heavily weighted rope, hanging from the rafters is the hanging body of Carl. Fuck. His neck is snapped and bent at an unnatural angle. The rope just creaking rhythmically as his body sways back and forth. And we'll see you next week. Damn! Let's fill him with candy and grab the bats! (laughs) We just gotta hang in there. Damn!